Oh, great. The universe has decided to drop a major update to an ongoing story that we've been following closely for months on a day when we do a show that has absolutely nothing to do with that story. I'm sure you don't mind. Oh, well, yeah. So this is Tech News Day, but who cares? George Santos just got arrested mm -hmm. and we simply have to talk about yeah. it. Uh, it's certainly more interesting than whatever else we had on the docket for today, which was, I don't know, Twitter, Elon Musk, AI, the usual. So yeah, let's mix things up a bit. In the, uh, you know, thoughts of getting this out while it's still very funny and hot, fresh. Hot and fresh. <laughs> yeah. Hot and ready. Yes. So uh, here it is, straight from the Justice Department. A 13-count indictment was unsealed today in the United States District Court for the Eastern District of New York, charging George Anthony DeVolder Santos, better known as George Santos, a, <laughs> I love the quotes. <laughs> a United States congressman representing the 3rd District of New York, with seven counts of wire fraud, three counts of money laundering, one count of theft of public funds, and two counts of making materially false statements to the House of Representatives. Seems bad. Yeah, those sound like crimes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, this guy's been under investigation by multiple branches of law enforcement pretty much since the moment people started to realize that he had lied about a ton of shit while running for Congress, mm -hmm. uh, which unfortunately did not happen until he had already successfully been elected. Oops. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, most of Santos's most scandalous lies were not criminal in nature and had to do with stuff like claiming he was Jewish when he isn't. That Jewish. Claiming that his mom died in 9-11 when she did not. Uh -uh. Claiming he had attended prestigious schools when he had when he hadn't done that anything of the sort, etc. Yeah. L little lies that were almost pointless yeah. in a lot of cases. But there were also lots of big questions about his very suspicious campaign finances. And yeah, it turns out some crimes may have been committed in that regard. Yeah. Specifically, they say that he created an LLC to solicit donations to his campaign, which he then just transferred to his personal account to spend on personal expenses. Shocking. We know, we know. I can't believe he would do such a thing. On top of that, they say that during COVID, Santos collected more than $24,000 in unemployment while employed at a Florida investment firm where he was earning $120,000 a year. Dumb. It's a dumb crime. The the, the, benef the risk benefit doesn't add up. Also, what? an extra $24,000, obviously that's nice, but you're already making $120K a year. Like, what difference was this making in your life? This also leads me to more questions. Like, why would you give up that job to go work in the government? Uh, well, yeah, and there's there's also, like, a lot of unanswered questions about that job where, like, he was basically working for, like, a Ponzi scheme, I think. Yeah, and it's like, sense. okay, well, how did he get that job? It's appearing more and more as though he got the, uh, wanted to get elected so that he could avoid prison time eventually. Right. <laughs> yeah. They As long as I'm in Congress, they'll never investigate me for all these other crimes. Yeah, exactly. Wait, you're telling me they do investigate Congress people? <laughs> well, shit. Lastly, they say that in Santos's mandatory financial disclosures that he filled out while, uh, when running for Congress in 2020 and 2022, he just made up a bunch of numbers, <laughs> understating his income in 2020, and then overstating it in 2022. Yeah. Kind of gave it away with that. Yeah. You don't understand. My life has changed a lot in the last two years. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. Also, why would you overstate? I, I mean, obviously, just tell the truth both times. But like, no, I don't, this uh, is, what are the motivations this is with, the, for these two? This things? is the Donald Trump game plan. I guess. He is trying to uh, perpetuate this aura of success. And uh, yeah. And, and along with that comes the smarts, yeah. the cunning ability. Uh, just exactly what you need in politics, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that, those are the three big ones they listed there. There might be more cause that was a lot of like counts 
of felonies that they were uh, charging him with. So uh, hopefully more details to come. But yeah, Santos, of course, has pleaded not guilty and insisted that he's totally innocent while, you know, stating for the record, he is definitely running for re-election. Uh, and this uh, will not get in the way of that. Can't go to jail if I'm running for re-election. Double jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there will surely be more details to come out of this story in the coming days, weeks, months, years. And we look forward to covering all of it. There two things that I want to point out. One is the the amount of questions and hilarious answers that have been asked and received by Kevin McCarthy over just the past 48 hours yeah. about uh, his opinion on the whole George Santos thing, which has evolved from, well, let's, you know, we don't want to jump to conclusions. Let's see what the courts have to decide or anything. Meanwhile, Mitt Romney, being a real one, he's like, yeah, I hope they, <laughs> hope they lock his ass up. Yeah. I, I hate that kid. Uh, I got a bad feeling about that kid the first time I met him. But then, yes, uh, McCarthy then evolving to something to the effect of, well, I think that we should probably go ahead and remove him from the, uh, the chair positions. And... Yeah. Uh, also, uh, yeah, if, if he's found guilty, I will not be supporting a re-election right. bid. Uh, then, then things have really changed. All of this is so unexpected. So, like, before, with the information we had, we're like, how could we ever have predicted that something like this would be coming down the pipeline? Yeah. This it, totally changes things. It's completely <laughs> off topic, but it's like when all of the politicians were asked after the uh, guilty verdict for Trump on Tuesday. Uh, they're like, well, no, I, I've been busy all day. I haven't seen... It's like, well, you've been following the case for a while now, right? Well, he was. it was a... It wasn't found guilty. It was a defamation uh, case. Liable so. of, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was found partially liable. Anyways, uh, aside from that, the Santos thing is, uh, it was like ironic because he's on a committee that's deciding about misappropriation of like COVID relief funds. He would know. Yes, when he clearly is at least accused of doing just yeah, that. Yeah, I'm curious of all the things this man's been tied to, it would be weird if he didn't abuse the uh, payroll protection plan throughout COVID. Maybe he, maybe that's, well, no, the, that's one. the the unemployment thing I think is tied to it because it was during that relief period. I mean, he definitely collected unemployment, but, I'm, yeah. but PPP was a different thing. Yeah. yeah. All that right. was well, uh, PPP fraud was when you're like, uh, yeah, I run a company that has like 80 employees and I need a million dollars, please. Yeah. Anyway, this is my new Lamborghini. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't do any of that shit. Maybe, maybe for a, 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 you know, a seasoned scammer like George Santos, he's like, oh, that's, you're just asking to be locked up for doing True. something you like that. True. You might be right on that. But uh, yeah, that's where we're at now with uh, George Santos, ladies and gentlemen. A very exciting day. We got him. Or at least that's what it looks like. I don't know. Who the hell knows? Now, it seems like everyone's really against this guy, even uh, from his own party. So I would not put the... Uh, this man is a flight risk. He could definitely just get on a plane to Brazil and never come back. And like uh, Brazil's extradition treaty with the United States does not compel them to send Brazilian citizens mm -hmm. to the U.S. Yeah. So... I don't know if they're taking that seriously, but that it would be so fucking funny if he just fled the country. It, Nothing like that's happened since like before the Civil War. <laughs> it is uh, even the Fox talking heads. I believe it was like Lauren, Laura Ingram was like, who gives a shit about this guy? Yeah. So it's like they don't even care. Yeah, He's got no friends. <laughs> yes. Anyway, let's move on now to uh, some other Republican news that has a little bit more to do with what this show is all about. Mm -hmm. Twitter. I'm uh, sorry, tech, but specifically <laughs> Twitter, the most recurring tech story of uh, the last year and the foreseeable future. So, so yeah. it's it's only been a little over two weeks since the world of conservative media was rocked to its core by the sudden firing of Tucker Carlson, who for years was Fox News's primetime ratings juggernaut, thanks largely to his willingness to say extremely fashy shit to Fox News's increasingly fashy audience. 
The exact reasons for Tucker's firing are still a mystery, and every attempt at explanation, uh, an explanation so far has come up short for explaining why Fox would take such drastic measures. But in addition to the why question, the second biggest question is what the hell is Tucker gonna do next? We're all waiting. And yeah, the question of where Tucker goes after Fox is tricky for a few reasons. First of all, there's only one Fox News. OAN and Newsmax are not even in the same ballpark in terms of ratings or budget. Mm -hmm. Fox was the ideal place for him, and there's no comparable place to go to. No. Secondly, despite being fired, Tucker is still under contract with Fox. So until that contract runs out, or Tucker's lawyers find a way to get him out of it, he can't just go work for another network. Do the terms of his contract prevent him from maybe going digital by going somewhere like the Daily Wire? I mean, God knows they've got money. Just ask Steven Crowder, who turns yeah. that money down like a fucking idiot. Yes, they, they do have a, you know, a couple dozen million dollars sitting around yeah. waiting to go. But uh, would going to Daily Wire qualify as going to a competing network? I mean, maybe. Mm -hmm. But what if Tucker just goes completely independent, uploading videos to um, YouTube? Mm. Well, no, because YouTube is too woke. They'll probably demonetize his channel in no time. So what else you got? Well, that's right. He's got Twitter. Twitter, baby. He's uh, even when his first thing went around and, you know, people were questioning whether it was, in my opinion, a very dumb idea to uh, position yourself solely on Twitter. But, you know, here we are now. Unlike YouTube, free speech and comedy is, of course, very legal. Two of Tucker's favorite things on Twitter. Free speech and comedy. Uh, it's not really a video platform by anyone's definition, but you certainly can upload videos. <laughs> and if you pay for Twitter Blue or Elon gives it to you for free, you can upload videos up to an hour long. Those videos, of course, immediately just get buried under anything else you post, but you could, in theory, post <laughs> a TV-length show directly to Twitter, and in some cases, pirated movie programs. Yes. Uh, and apparently that is what Tucker is going to be doing. Here's Reuters. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter, Carlson said in a video posted on the social media platform. We bring some other things, too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Carlson's announcement comes weeks after Twitter owner Elon Musk sat for a two-part interview with Carlson on Fox News. Musk, who is CEO of Twitter and has referred to himself as a free speech absolutist, has said his goal is to make Twitter a digital town hall where users can share diverse viewpoints. We have not signed a deal of any kind whatsoever, Musk tweeted Tuesday. Tucker is subject to the same rules and rewards of all content creators. That includes subscription and a share of advertising revenue, Musk said, adding, still working on the software needed for the latter. Musk said he hopes that others, particularly from the left, would also choose to be content creators on Twitter. No. No, I don't think you can. Good luck. <laughs> so th this is a bit weird. Uh, it's not totally clear, but reports are saying that by doing this, Tucker would be giving up at least $25 million owed to him by Fox for breaking a non-compete clause. And if that's true, that is one hell of a gamble if he hopes to make at least that much by posting videos to Twitter, or there is some undocumented uh, deal behind the scenes with the world's richest man. I, I don't know. That might be a something. Uh, he might be using some flashy language to avoid uh, a deal. But uh, yeah, I would not personally bet that on a no. platform that is not specifically geared toward video releases, specifically geared toward boomers. Yeah. Uh, a place where people sit for any length of time watching one tweet. And uh, yeah, it just seems like a bad idea. And then taking a, a man who 
habitually breaks his own promises at his word. Yeah, all all valid points you just listed. <laughs> yeah, he'd need to sign a whole lot of people up as paying subscribers, which would put his content behind a paywall and kind of undermine the whole selling point of posting video content to Twitter specifically. He could just do that on his own website. Yeah. Uh, and the whole point of putting it on Twitter, in theory, would be the shareability of it. The ability to yeah. retweet it or or, sh- or share it with anyone. Now, that's become a lot harder recently with Musk. For you and me, but yeah, yeah. for them, oh, it's they're in hog heaven. Uh, yeah, but it's it really seems as though a lot of websites have uh, lost a, a certain amount of access without paying for it. So it'd be harder to share certain things across. Anyways, whatever. Tucker, he's going to do whatever he thinks is right, I guess. But despite Twitter Blue pushing Tucker's fan base to the top of the algorithm, are there actually enough of them to make this move financially worthwhile? We'd imagine that most of Tucker's diehard fans spend most of their time on Facebook and might find signing up for Twitter and familiarizing themselves with it somewhat challenging. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no. If I like, Imagine being 60 years old and trying to use Twitter for the first time in your life after using Facebook for years. Ah! Yeah. Where's Tucker? What's all this? How do I find the Tuck Man? So, yeah, uh, I mean, this would make a bit more sense if Elon was paying Tucker, but he says he isn't. And I don't know, he probably couldn't even afford to if he wanted to. Like, is he really liquid at all? This man is deeply in debt. Like, even if he wanted to hire Tucker Carlson for what, like a couple tens of millions of dollars, like, does he have that money? I don't, it doesn't seem like he does. Might be somebody. <laughs> I, maybe. Like, yeah. It still seems like he was, you know, probably at least personally involved to some degree in Tucker's decision here. Uh, yeah, of course he was. Especially <laughs> considering one of the very last episodes of Tucker's show was a long, very friendly, chummy conversation between him and Elon Musk. Uh-huh. So uh, I don't think this news was a surprise to Elon. But yeah, if this is Elon's idea, it's a stupid fucking idea, like monumentally stupid. Uh, one of the big explanations for Tucker's firing that actually makes a lot of sense as a likely factor is that despite his show's massive popularity, it was poison for big advertisers who understandably were not stoked about the idea of promoting their products and services between segments of the the white power hour on Fox. Like, it was a big problem. He he had entire episodes where they'd have, like, one commercial break because no one wanted to fucking advertise for him. There was an article this week that came out that said the blue chip advertisers were returning to that time slot now that he has vacated it. So the idea that advertisers are going to prop up this gamble is a, a fool's errand. Yeah. But hey, at least, I mean, Elon's got so many le- loyal advertisers. Like, uh, this is, a, you know, well, how, how much damage could this really do? Tucker Carlson Tonight, brought to you by Caesar's Sportbook. And a bunch of, like, random, uh, terrible phone apps. Brought to you by the Church of Scientology. The <laughs> only the only ad advertiser I consistently see on, on Twitter. Whew. Trust me, Scientology, it's almost working. You just keep <laughs> spending that money, I'm eventually going to crack. Yeah, but maybe a less... Uh, wait. So look, in that way, he's a great fit for Twitter, a-, a site that's also experienced a huge advertiser exodus, but a terrible fit if you were the owner of Twitter and would like advertisers to please come back. But I think he just assumes that the amount of subscribers is going to be so vast just like he assumed that the amount of Twitter Blue subscribers would be just, you know, the shot in the arm that Twitter needs. Yeah, but maybe a less terrible fit when you notice how much Elon has been amplifying far-right disinformation 
on his platform lately. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, over the years, the last few years, we've seen a lot of examples of, like, tracing, like, some uh, sheltered 19-year-old boys, like, uh, online rabbit hole of, like, how they got red-pilled into, like, the alt-right or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, we're... <laughs> We are seeing a 50-something-year-old man do that in real time for all of us. That's one of the many social experiments playing out uh, very for public all, for all of us. But yeah, like it's literally you're watching like a, what it, a guy who clearly like he might have some smarts in some ways, but clearly is like in a lot of ways kind of a fucking idiot. Just like go down this rabbit hole of just uh, taking like memes and obviously poorly sourced misinformation as fact and being like, wow, that's crazy. Damn. I, I and think people just shouting at him like, Elon, you're replying to like literal fucking misinformation propaganda. What are you doing? Well, because it, mm, benefits, but it feels right. It benefits him to propagate it. Also, w with people of his wealth, you have to be lucky once. You have to be unlucky a thousand times to lose it all. Yeah. Um, so yes. But like it's it's just startling how how dumb he seems to be and how how uh, not immune to propaganda he is like to the like this man. Digest information like your average Facebook boomer uncle. Well, like he just does not have any critical thinking skills when it comes to like people just show him like graphs of information that are like he just takes it at face value all, immediately. For, yeah. First of all, graphs that are like ten years old that used to get spread around by like four channers yeah. and have been debunked like millions of times. Him being like that and be like, damn, wow, crazy. I didn't know every murder in America was committed by black people. This is That's very crazy. Very similar to the type of. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, but like, you know how when, when crypto was, NFTs were going crazy and it was just like anyone who posted just the letters NFT on a tweet, yeah, yeah. you'd get like a hundred people being like, love this, love you. Everything's great. Number one, thumbs up. You're doing a great job. Whatever this is, I love it. It's just like that. There's this false sense of like uh, camaraderie or support. And uh, in this case, it's extremely malicious. Not that the NFT stuff wasn't, but for a different reason. This is, uh, he is a very useful idiot to people who have a big benefit of uh, making sure that he is feeling real good about the stuff that he's posting and agreeing to. Yeah. So, uh, and now they're algorithmically boosted, so they don't even have to really reply guy all the time. Uh, but it look, in any case, Hassan Piker summed this all up pretty well this week, uh, saying, I think this will be annoying. It will have the full might of Twitter behind it. It will get more media coverage than his actual show did because it will be here. And it will still only reach a fraction of the real world impact his primetime show held. Yeah. Uh, like, I just don't see any possible way that even if this is massively successful, even on the most optimistic timeline, uh, he, he does not make anywhere near the impact that he made as a primetime show on Fox News. Like, it's just impossible. You're not going to see millions and millions of fucking boomers sign up for Twitter, sign oh. up as a Tucker Carlson subscriber and uh, just spend, you know, every evening in front of their phone or computer instead of in front of Fox News. That's people are lazy. It's just not going to fucking work. We already saw this with Bill O'Reilly. He has a paywalled podcast and I'm sure he does quite well off of it. But he his relevance and his footprint on the media landscape. Nowhere is just a shadow of what it once was. I want to hope this fails, but it is also a clear experiment of how a very large echo chamber could spill out into the real world. I just don't see it working. No, 
I it's gonna it's gonna make Twitter more annoying than it already is. Sure, but that you're gonna get a lot of positive reinforcement from the worst people on earth that is going to dictate the way that politicians do things, which already happens. Uh, because as you've seen in even Fox News polling, when it comes to like things like gun control or abortion rights, the voting public is completely separated from the anger and stuff that you see online, yet the politicians in charge of actually enacting change are following the screams of these psychopaths. Right. And but not they, the actual voting constituents. But are they going to be following... Uh, they were following the most watched guy on Fox News. Are they going to follow some dude on Twitter who, like, maybe maybe 100,000 people watch on a nightly basis? I just don't fucking see it happening. Well, I... He, I his level of actual, Unfortunately, we'll have to see. His <laughs> level of... There's no, no, there's no fucking way that his level of actual influence on politics and the world it gets anywhere near what it was on Fox News posting to Twitter exclusively. There's just simply no fucking way. The amount of, like, Twitter's like number 10 on the popularity of social media platforms. Yeah. Like, if this was Facebook or YouTube, I'd say maybe. No. I, again, the biggest thing that Elon Musk uh, just seems to not understand through this whole process, barely anyone fucking uses Twitter. It yeah. is not a popular social network. It is a very niche product. Yeah. And well, your average person, again, logging into Twitter would be like, what the fuck is this? I don't like this. How do I find the thing I'm looking for? Oh, mm. this sucks. I, I, I hope to God you're right. I'm right. Yeah. But moving on to other great business decisions from Elon Musk this week. For starters, Elon announced that Twitter will be purging accounts that have had no activity for several years. Okay. Uh, this comes after last week when Elon threatened to take away National Public Radio's at NPR account handle and uh, give it to someone else if they continued to be mean by refusing to post. Yeah. Uh, NPR pointed out that Twitter's official policy only considers an account inactive if no one logs in for a certain period of time regardless of whether they actually post, which makes sense. Uh, and that still seems to be the case, but Twitter did recently uh, very slyly change the inactivity period from six months to 30 days, which wow. um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like for your average user, like that's not that out of the ordinary. Like that's just like taking a break. Yeah. I, I that's like, oh, I had a baby and I don't have fucking time for uh, checking Twitter as much. Oh shit, they deleted my account? Or just having like a, yeah, a digital uh, distancing thing. Yeah. Like, I, I need to log off for a little while. 30 days is weirdly short. But, uh, okay. uh, maybe on purpose, yeah. yeah. On its surface, purging inactive accounts doesn't seem terrible until you remember that every social media user will inevitably die. And many already have. Sites like Facebook at least have a functionality that allows profiles of dead users to be archived, but Twitter has nothing of the sort. And in fact, back in 2019, announced a similar purge of inactive accounts that they inevitably backtracked on as soon as people complained about their dead friends and loved ones being erased. So yet again, we have another perfect example of Elon trying out a bad idea that Twitter already tried a long time ago. Tap the sign again. Yeah. The, uh, Just figuring it all out for the first time Yeah. when, you know, uh, half the things he wants to do, if he had uh, simply maintained uh, enough previous staff, they could have told him, hey... We actually did that two years ago. This is it why it was idea. a bad idea. Yes. No, he's he's learning it all himself independently. So I guess we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Donald Trump's account is going to be uh, anyone that yeah. handle is going to be up for inactive. Grabs. Inactive. I, I I will be real Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some other exciting features for Twitter that seem to be in the pipeline include uh, adding voice and video calls to DMs, which, I mean, it's not like a terrible idea, I guess, but also maybe not an idea that enough people are really going to actually want to use uh, enough people to justify the existence of the feature. 
mean, Twitter repeatedly has come out with features like fleets and stuff like that, where they're like, yeah, not, not enough people are using this. Let's get it's rid of taking it. up space on our servers. This seems like something like that. That's like, who the fuck is, it's just, there are a million other apps to do voice video calling in. The other thing that I constantly wonder about his ideas are every single one that he seems to come up with recently is also just a bandwidth server hog. Mm -hmm. Bills that he has to pay right. alongside the interest that he owes on the site while he's not making advers advertiser money. <laughs> so, But uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, it better at least, if this even fucking happens, it better at least have some options to control whether or not you actually want people calling you via DMs. Because yeah, if not, this will make having open DMs uh, just untenable. <laughs> yeah. This is like sitting at dinner, some random fucking calls me on Twitter. No. No, Mr. Musk. Worse than spam calls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's another one of Elon's big ideas. Twitter dating. Oh, baby, let's go. Now, this one isn't nearly as serious as uh, of a proposal as some news outlets are treating it, and it originates from one of Elon's blue check crypto bro simps, who quote tweeted a post from Elon where he complained about birth rates with, when Twitter dating app might actually save humanity from extinction. Not even joking. <laughs> Very low hanging fruit. Besides, the everything app, right? P.S. I could make an entire video on how this opt-in app would work and why it would be 10 times better than conventional dating apps. Twinder would be huge. The only way the birth rates stop plummeting is if Elon Musk launches Twitter dating and you know you can hate on him all you want. This man is going to save humanity from demographic oblivion by getting people to fuck on Twitter. Incelsonly.com. Musk replied to this with, Interesting idea. Maybe jobs, too. Oh, Twitter jobs. It is the everything app. We're going to add all these things to it. Yeah, it's LinkedIn now. It's Tinder. It's LinkedIn. Um, it's not find a grave. We, we dig up the graves and we throw them in the trash. Uh, rate, rate my poo. Bring back yeah. rate my poo on We're Twitter. a new uh, poop uh, rating functionality. You, <laughs> uh, you take a picture of your poop. Uh, uh, look, this is all, uh, I think, a good thing in the sense that uh, it can't, none of it can possibly work, especially, no. especially trying no all of way. these different things Twitter at once. dating? Like, how would that, like, I, Facebook tried a dating thing, like, a year or two Roundly ago. Rejected, yeah, rejected. Yeah, it was like, no, uh, I like actually having distance between my dating profile and my social media profile. Like, I, why would I want the two things to be in the same place? It's the same thing when he tweets bullshit. It's just him going, he has no ideas. And yeah. anytime he sees an idea, he's like, why didn't anyone... Think of this. Yeah, and it's it's a hundred percent like at some point in the last twelve years, there's been meetings at Twitter where they uh, spitballed about this and came to the conclusion. Okay, well, no, that's actually a bad or, idea. Or actually <laughs> tested it. And yeah, no, nah. it, it, it's in a less dangerous, less dangerous sense. He looks at things like this and goes, "Why hasn't anyone thought of this?" And in a more dangerous sense, he looks at uh, uh, disproven graphs and racist memes and says, "Why isn't anyone talking about this?" Yeah, the world's most credulous man. It's. Infuriating. Also, I didn't look into this too much, but at one point uh, today, Wednesday, uh, if you typed the word dog into the search bar, it would autofill with like search terms to find like snuff films of dogs. And the same thing was true of cat. I didn't I did not look any further than that, because what I saw people talking about, I was like, I'm good. But uh, that's very upsetting. People much braver than than either of us said that. Yes, that. Yeah. Uh, the results were also uh, exactly what the prompt would suggest. Yeah. Uh, and holy shit. It's, it's hard to believe why advertisers aren't banging down the door to get I back know, on the platform. I know. 
Anyway, speaking of advertisers, they love us. Yeah, they do. And we've got more news coming for you in just a moment, including a look at Google's various uh, announcements from Google I.O. Uh, but first, this episode is sponsored by Stitch Fix. Mm -hmm. Are you tired of the endless search for the perfect outfit? Stitch Fix is here to help. Using their online platform and personal stylist, you will have access to a custom wardrobe that fits your style and budget. Stitch Fix is the easy way to get clothes that fit you without having to endlessly scroll through options. All you have to do is answer a few questions about where you typically get your clothes from, what you like to wear, and your price range. With your choices in mind and a wide range of sizes available, from extra small to 3XL, they'll find your perfect fit and send you clothes handpicked just for you. They've got you covered with over a thousand brands and styles that you know and love. And they'll show you how to wear head-to-toe outfits so you can just get dressed and go. Clothes shopping can be annoying and time-consuming, and it's awesome just getting a, a box of clothes in the mail every few months that you can try on and keep the items you like, send back the, uh, the items that you don't like. It's literally, it's the easiest way to keep your wardrobe refreshed as often as you want or as infrequently as you want. I, every like three months, I like to add like, you know, one, two, three items. Uh, that way I, I don't things interesting. I don't feel like a complete slop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, Stitch Fix has done wonders for that. Feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and, and you do all this without even having to leave the house. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes they even send you stuff that you probably would have never picked up at the store that you end up actually liking a lot. Wow, I look like a human now. Yeah. Uh, right now, Stitch Fix is offering our viewers $20 off your first fix at stitchfix.com slash newsday. That is stitchfix.com slash newsday for $20 off today. stitchfix.com slash newsday. And this episode is sponsored by Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. Learn how to build a startup with Reddit founder Alexis Ohanian. Learn about filmmaking with Werner Herzog, Martin Scorsese, Spike Lee, Ken Burns, and James Cameron. Improve your cooking skills with Gordon Ramsay, Wolfgang Puck, and Roy Choi. And learn from some of the greatest minds in music like Tom Morello, Herbie Hancock, Hans Zimmer, Danny Elfman, and Dead Mouse. <laughs> with over 2,500 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. And I, I like the cooking ones. Hey, look at the shirt. Yeah. Makes sense. I like watching people make food that, uh, honestly, it's. I'm not even trying to learn. I'm just trying to observe my, and respect the, the craft. My favorite part about Masterclass is that I just love documentaries in general. Yeah. And so these are just actually a lot of fun to I watch. like listening to skilled, intelligent people just talk about what they do. <laughs> yeah. So Masterclass is, of course, accessible on your phone, the web, or smart TV offering classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class instructors at the top of their field. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, usually around 10 minutes long. And members can explore at their own pace, and each class is supported by downloadable materials, class guides, recipes, and more. These are cinema-quality classes that give you unparalleled access to a renowned instructor. Lessons range from specifically showing you how to execute a technique to an instructor's insights about their craft that can be translated across many fields and disciplines. We highly recommend that you check out Masterclass. Get unlimited access to every class, and as an Internet Today viewer, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash newsday now. That is masterclass.com slash newsday for 15% off Masterclass. All right, brace yourselves. <clears throat> time to uh, dive in. It's, it's AI time, everyone, so get ready. Let's get artificial. Don't leave. I see you trying to leave. Don't leave. It's AI time. You sit. You sit. <laughs> sit down. Sit back down. This is the tech news you clicked on, baby. Yeah. Google is, of course, way behind the competition when it comes to AI, which is especially baffling considering how far ahead of the pack they were for so long in so many different ways. Yeah. Google Brain and Google DeepMind were some of the biggest AI projects starting over a decade ago. But despite integrating AI into many of its products, 
Google somehow got completely blindsided by the rise of large language model generative AI chatbots like ChatGPT and Bing AI, and now they're trying to catch up. Google was just doing things with AI that were actually useful yeah. that didn't market it as some kind of uh, miracle. Right. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. It, they were using it in ways where you would have never noticed. Yeah, it was just really. machine learning back then. Yeah. <laughs> so what did Google focus on with this year's Google I.O., their annual keynote event? AI, 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 generative AI, generative AI, generative AI, 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 it uses AI to bring AI, 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 AI. All right, I guess they're focusing on, uh, what was that, AI, I think? Uh, yeah. I think he said... Artificial intelligence. I think he said something about AI. Mm. And uh, yeah, that includes their answer to ChatGPT and Bing AI, but also a bunch of other AI integrations into Google's various products, which seem like they might be useful for productivity in a lot of cases. Like, it's, I don't know. Even with Bard, though, their AI chatbot, the emphasis was mostly on how useful it can be to coders. It can check code for errors, explain lines of code in plain English, and generate new code from text prompts. I mean, Bing and ChatGPT also do these things. But emphasizing Bard as a productivity tool, first and foremost, is actually a really good call, considering how fucking weird things got for Bing when people just immediately started treating their chatbot as a person. Yeah, they've also now opened up access to Bard to most of the world, as long as you sign in with your Google account. So we went and tried it out. And our first question was, what do you know about the YouTube channel Internet Today? Well, let's see how Bard did. Yeah. Internet Today is a YouTube channel yep. that, producers, that produces daily news and entertainment videos about the Internet. Okay, yeah, that's pretty much The, the channel was created in 2009. Nope, wrong. And was over two, What about me? <laughs> has over 2 million subscribers. Oh, if only. Internet Today's videos cover a wide, wide range of topics, including technology, yeah. social media, okay. gaming, and yes. pop culture. That's that's true. The channel also features interviews with celebrities and experts in the tech industry. And we did interview Santa Claus. Uh, it's not okay. entirely wrong, I guess, there, but uh, Internet Today is known for its informative and entertaining videos. Yes, yes correct. The channel's <laughs> hosts are knowledgeable and engaging. Absolutely. Yes, and they do a great job of explaining complex topics in a way that is easy to understand. Oh, thanks, Bard. Internet Today is a great resource for anyone who wants to stay up to date on the latest news and trends on the Internet. Yep. Here are some of the most popular videos on the Internet Today YouTube channel. How to make money on YouTube. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, the future of the Internet. Okay. The best tech gadgets of 2023? Oh, yeah. The most popular video games of all time? How to use social media for business? <laughs> what? Yeah, those are my favorite videos we've made, too. If you're interested in learning more about the internet, I recommend checking out the Internet Today YouTube channel. Okay, so yeah, I mean, great. That was about half right overall, about 50-50, which, um, sorry, it still translates into an F grade. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, that, is, yeah. that is an F. Honestly, anyone who uses one of these chatbots should just start by asking it about something you yourself are deeply familiar with, because it does, it gives you a great idea of how trustworthy its answers to whatever else you ask it will be. And based off this, I'm sorry, I don't trust it. Mm. And yeah, we don't exactly have a huge online presence, so there isn't like a ton of information about us out there. So it would be one thing if Bard gave a short answer and admitted that it didn't have much else to say. Uh, but no, it just went ahead and <laughs> sprinkled the few things that it could find about us on top of just a giant pile of bullshit and mixed it all up and fed it to you. Yeah. It lied. It fucking lied. Especially the video titles. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? I have no idea. It lied very confidently. Yeah. It, well, it gave, like, the information that it was giving itself throughout the entire explanation then was like, 
This is probably the types of videos they do. Yeah, we started in 2009. It's just you. I don't exist. Uh-huh. And uh, we have 2 million sub- subscribers. And, um, and yeah, we make videos about how to make money. <laughs> yeah, on, how to utilize online. social media for business. Yeah, we're a hustle grind set channel, actually. And nonstop celebrity interviews. So, yeah, I mean, it's just yet another example of why you absolutely should not rely on AI chatbots for information unless you plan on personally fact-checking everything it tells you because not all of it's going to be true and you don't know what's true and what's not. Anyways, they're also integrating BARD into Google search, which will allow you to ask specific detailed questions, which BARD will try to answer at the top of your search results. In the examples they showed, this would be a useful starting point that would save time and effort of running multiple searches and digging through the results for what you're looking for. But again, you have to be absolutely sure to fact check everything it tells you which kind of cancels out all that time and effort you just saved. And also, I am not entirely sure what happened outside of pandering to advertisers, but Google search fucking sucks now. Yeah, no, it's not good. You got you to scroll a whole page down. I unironically have been using Bing because the results are better. Um, the best way to use Google search, I can't remember the exact like uh, formatting of it, but you just you search for whatever you want and then you add the extension that just searches Reddit. Or you can just type the word Reddit. Oh, but yeah. yeah like any yeah, question I'm looking for like a product or, or, or a problem. Uh, yeah. Reddit. Yeah. And, uh, and then you find the thread with a user submitted explanation. Right. And like, at least with Reddit, like, you know, everything you're looking at is created by people. So you are automatically like on your guard to, you know, yeah. you're not accepting everything as factual. Yeah. You're you're looking more critically at the results. Whereas, Your brain is already set to be more critical. Where yeah. with Google, typically for the past uh, you know, decade, people are like, oh, well, there's the Google thing yeah. for it. Okay. And that's-, that's the problem with this fucking AI search, is like <laughs> your average person is not gonna be looking critically at it. They're like, oh, that's exactly what I I asked the question and they they answered it. That was easy. Tech is really falling all over itself for no reason. <laughs> it's complicating itself for no reason. Yeah. Just yeah. to be constantly evolving for uh, stockholder purposes. Must never stop growing. Yeah. Never it's like, it's like they hit a wall Always and we're growing. like, oh, what? What do we do? Oh, I don't know. Maybe the search engine can talk back to people. <laughs> Maybe you can fall in love with the search engine. Yeah. 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 Anyway, a somewhat useful AI tool that they showed off was Help Me Write for Gmail, which basically composes entire emails off of simple prompts, which, yeah. The idea of using this for like personal communications is weird and dumb and creepy, but uh, it could be useful for stuff like the example that they showed, which was emailing an airline to ask for a refund for a flight. No one likes typing that shit out. Mm-hmm. The AI even filled out the important details just based on previous emails uh, that the person had about these flights. Again, you got to fact check, make <laughs> sure that the AI got that right. But yeah, for like annoying fucking emails you have to write, that sure. could, could, be, could be useful. Um, Google also announced a partnership with Adobe for their own AI image generator. So add another one of those to the pile. We previously talked about how Adobe's Firefly image generator is trained exclusively on properly licensed material. So that's good. Um, And Google says that their AI images will automatically have metadata added to them, which say basically, this is an AI generated image. Okay. Do not trust. Great. This image is a lie. Now, they also showed off an update to the Magic Eraser tool for Pixel phones, which has been around for a few years and allows you to remove objects from photos. It's now Magic Editor, and it does a lot more, like move objects around, uh, including auto-filling objects whose edges are cut off by the original photo boundaries, and changing the sky to look more picturesque. 
This is one of those features that's probably a lot less impressive in practice than advertised. Yeah, the, um, the example they showed off, I'm like, I mean, that's cool, and I'm sure there's ways to make it work like that. Uh, but also, like, why? You're taking pictures of, like, your vacation or, like, your kids. Like, why do you need to edit the shit out of that? Why, why aren't you satisfied with just reality as it is? It, I don't fucking get this. It's like when, uh, like, HDR was first introduced. Oh, and everyone's yeah. like, look how realistic it looks. You're like, no, it's horrifying. This looks, yeah, like a horror show. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's ways to use this tastefully. I mean, we've all taken photos that we thought were, like, perfect photos. And then when, once you get a better look at them, you're like, fuck. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, there's, but, it, yeah, like, the examples they showed, I'm like, none of this is necessary. Stop. Stop. You've taken a, a genuine moment from real life and turned it into a manufactured fake moment. Do you feel good about yourself? Everyone needs to put their phones down. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, there you go. Google's doing AI now, yeah. like, they, like they said they would. Yeah. But before AI became the hottest tech trend around, there were other tech trends. Um, most recently, the metaverse. Woo! Which at this point doesn't seem like it's going to live up to its expectations and hype anytime soon. In fact, it seems like the metaverse is pretty much on death's door, or already dead when you consider that it was only ever a shell of what it was promised. How can you die if you've never been born? Yeah. So yeah, let's read from an article this week published in Insider and written by Ed Zitron. The smiling man. Uh, <laughs> one of the most uh, scathing and entertaining tech critics around who's been pretty much right about everything for the past few years. Mm -hmm. uh, he has written up the metaverse's obituary. Let's read. The metaverse, the once buzzy technology that promised to allow users to hang out awkwardly in a disorienting video game-like world, has died after being <laughs> abandoned by the business world. It was three years old. The capital M metaverse, a descendant of the 1982 movie Tron and the 2003 video game Second Life, was born in 2021 when Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg changed the name of his trillion-dollar company to Meta. After a much-heralded debut, the metaverse became the obsession of the tech world and a quick hack to win over Wall Street investors. <laughs> the hype could not save the metaverse, however, and a lack of coherent vision for the product ultimately led to its decline. Once the tech industry turned to a new, more promising trend, generative AI, <laughs> the fate of the metaverse was sealed. The metaverse is now headed to the tech industry's graveyard of failed ideas. But the short life and ignominious death of the metaverse offers a glaring indictment of the tech industry that birthed it. And yeah, we really recommend reading the, the whole obituary because it's a pretty thorough history of the metaverse craze and all of the inherent obvious problems that it faced from its inception. Uh, but he basically starts by talking about how Mark Zuckerberg's vision for the metaverse bore no resemblance at all to the actual product, which was visually repellent, had no clear use case, and also required users to buy an expensive product in order to actually use it. Yeah. Never, nevertheless, it somehow became an industry buzzword that everyone needed to get in on because it was preordained to be massively successful. Uh, Zitrin writes, The inability to define the metaverse in any meaningful way didn't get in the way of its ascension to the top of the business world. In the months following the meta-announcement, it seemed that every company had a metaverse product on offer, despite it not being obvious what it was or why they should. <sighs> yeah, he then lists a bunch of these companies. And yeah, in hindsight, it was clearly just a big bunch of big brands dropping the hot new buzzword on investor calls to let shareholders know that they were on the cutting edge of the next big thing, which is a cycle that repeats. Yeah, it never ends. NFTs, they keep metaverse, for it. AI, like, what are we doing? Uh, Wall Street, of course, ate this shit up because yeah. why not? Number go up, line go up. Hey, everybody's happy, right? 
From the article, companies rushed to get into the game led Wall Street investors, consultants, and analysts to try to one-up each other's projections for the metaverse's growth. The consulting firm Gartner claimed that 25% of people would spend at least one hour a day in the metaverse by 2026. The Wall Street Journal said the metaverse would change the way we work forever. <laughs> the global consulting firm McKinsey predicted that the metaverse could generate up to $5 trillion in value, adding that around 95% of business leaders expected the metaverse to positively impact their industry within five to 10 years. Not to be outdone, Citi put out a massive report that declared the metaverse would be a $13 trillion opportunity. You're gonna wanna get in on this. This is so disingenuous to uh, your everyday investor. Yeah. Just like, like, okay, well, I mean, they're they're saying that, all right, yeah. Oh, I sounds mean, good. Why would they lie? Um, yeah. Also, it's just, it's also funny in retrospect, considering how just aggressively actual businesses uh, hate any kind of uh, telecommuting yeah. or virtual participation in business. Yeah. It's like, how is this, how is this ever going to work? Like you have to come into the office, but once you're in the office, the I better on. see you in that headset. <laughs> yeah. Fucking come we, on. We don't want to lose all the money on the meta headsets that we bought. And we certainly want, don't want to lose money on all the commercial real estate that we've purchased. Yeah. You, you go to your manager's office, like, hey, I have a question. Like, mm -mm. what are you doing here? Why are you physically Hold in my on. office? Go back to your desk, put on your headset. Don't go home. And meet go me in your... the metaverse. Make sure you waste two hours getting to and from work yeah. to sit in the fucking headset. Yes, yeah, there were clearly flaws with this from the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, so eventually reality set in. Here's the article again. Decentraland, the most well-funded decentralized crypto-based metaverse product, effectively a wonky online world you can walk around, only had around 38 daily active users in its $1.3 billion ecosystem. Decentraland would dispute this number, claiming that it had 8,000 daily active users, but that's still only a fraction of the number of people playing large online games like Fortnite. Meta's much-heralded efforts similarly struggled. By October 2022, Mashable reported that Horizon Worlds had less than 200,000 monthly active users, dramatically short of the 500,000 target Meta had set for the end of 2022. The Wall Street Journal reported that only about 9% of user-created worlds were visited by more than 50 players, and The Verge said that it was so buggy that even Meta employees eschewed it. Despite the might of a then-trillion-dollar company, Meta could not convince people to use the product it had staked its future on. Yeah, and uh, he ends the article by calling out Mark Zuckerberg and all the rich assholes who got taken in by him. I do not believe that Mark Zuckerberg ever had any real interest in the metaverse because he never seemed to define it beyond a slightly tweaked Facebook with avatars and cumbersome hardware. It was the means to an increased share price rather than any real vision for the future of human interaction. And Zuckerberg used his outsized wealth and power to get the whole of the tech industry and a good portion of the American business world into line behind this half-baked idea. The fact that Mark Zuckerberg has clearly stepped away from the metaverse is a damning indictment of everyone who followed him and anyone who still considers him a visionary tech leader. It should also be the cause for some serious reflection among the venture capital community, which recklessly followed Zuckerberg into blowing billions of dollars on a hype cycle founded on the flimsiest possible press release language. In a just world, Mark Zuckerberg should be fired as CEO of Meta. In the real world, this is actually impossible. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot more to the article. You should definitely read it for yourself. If you want to experience uh, not just all the information you need, but the schadenfreude of multiple entire industries just blowing an insane amount of money on what was clearly always a bad idea that was not going to work. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, VR experiences are a bad thing. They're they're cool. It is cool to play a VR game or yeah, something. And they've but been... they were betting an entire industry yeah. 
on this. VR has been a cool gimmick for literally the last 10 years. So. Yeah. It's it's kind of fun to go throw darts in a yeah, virtual bar. It's fun. It's um, not where I want to spend most of my day. The other thing, and, and of course this was pointed out by disingenuously by Tim Sweeney, who also oh, has, yeah. has switched to like Elon brain recently. Yeah, he's like, oh, so you're saying that the metaverse has failed when Fortnite is doing great? And, uh, and like, Minecraft and Roblox like, and all well, that. He clearly in the article made a distinction between like games where there's a purpose yeah. and the metaverse, which was being developed for yeah. uh, a literal second life. But yeah, that's also the distinction between why certain things can gain success and why forcing it on someone for no good reason is going to fail. Because Fortnite, Minecraft, and Roblox were developed not as metaverses, yeah. but as games that became outside of what their creators had actually intended right. by the community. A community of people... People were already yes. spending time there for an actual like reason. And then yes. once enough people started spending time there, they're like, oh, let's have like these events and the, whatnot. The developers of these games eventually gave the tools that the already established community was asking for in order to enhance their experience that they were developing themselves. It was a actual like grassroots, natural farm to table way <laughs> to build a metaverse. Being like, uh, yeah, we can go to a boardroom and I can have a cool uh, flame shirt on that I paid for with Facebook bucks yeah. is not the same thing at all. No. Ah, well, RIP metaverse, we hardly knew yet. Anyway, rest in piss. That, yeah, rest in piss, smoking that Mark Zuckerberg pack. Yeah. Anyway, that's our show. Please be sure to uh, hit that like button. Get the confetti. You're going to love the feeling you get when that confetti blows onto your screen. Exactly. Oh, it my god! serotonin boost. It is... Uh, you needed that. Yeah. You, I could tell you needed that. The people who click that button are actual intelligence. They're the real AI, the actual yeah. intelligence. Uh, and yeah, leave a comment, subscribe, do all the things. You know what to do. I don't need to, I don't need to explain it to you. If you and you, if you, unlike your uh, boomer parents who are going to spend the next month trying to figure out how to get to Twitter and find Tucker Carlson. They're going to hand you, you the remote. This, yeah. They're going to hand you the TV remote. How do I get to Twitter? <laughs> Put the Tucker Carlson on. If, and also, if they ask, just tell them Twitter costs $8 a month. Yes. Yeah. Just tell them that, that's a, answer that as the first thing. Oh, no, no. I already pay Fox Nation. Yeah. I, I don't have any more money yeah. left. You know what to do. Uh, if you want, you know, it, it is a, a much sadder, more somber video, but it does go into more detail about how Musk has been acting yeah. over the past at least week or so. How Elon has turned his website into the biggest uh, source of uh, disinformation and hate speech on the internet yes. in just a few short months. It, it is predicated and personally, on a tragic uh, event, but yeah. yes. Uh, and personally helped further that. Yeah, so we have more analysis on that uh, and also just a, a real fun video about how very weird it was that uh, England's still doing a, a king, and a, you know, royal thing. Yeah. So, pretty funny. Watch those videos, like the video, comment down below, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.